This is the Tom Anderson Show, broadcasting live from the KVNT studios in South Central Alaska, USA. Live and local, 7 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on KVNT, 1020 a.m. and 92.5 FM. Your best source for morning news, traffic, and weather. Streaming live online at TomAndersonShow.com. Phone lines are open. Dial 907-357-5868. That's 357-5868. Politics and news from a guy who's made it happen. Your morning drive just got a whole lot better. Good morning, America. Here's Tom Anderson. Hey, we're back. Good morning, everybody. Thursday morning, my favorite day, September 5th. Happy to have you with us. We are on 7 to 9 a.m. Monday through Friday right here on KVNT. It looks to be a day with possible sun in South Central Alaska, so that's nice, from Matsuda Anchorage. If you want to join us this morning, you're welcome to 357-5868. Think of the gun, 357-5868. And we'll put you in the queue and we'll dialogue on what's ever on your mind. Internationally, something that is unique, but not surprising. Russia's President Vladimir Putin and China's President Xi Jinping, both autocrats over communist countries, that pretty much all of Europe and the United States and Canada and Australia and New Zealand and Japan and South Korea and Indonesia and Philippines and Vietnam and on and on and on don't love. <laughs> they, don't, they don't love Russia or China because Russia and China subjugate their people, okay? Are you a female? You're screwed if you're in China because you're going to be second class to a male just like the Muslim world. Are you a Christian? Oh, you're a Christian. You believe in God and Christ and you worship and you read the Bible and you hold it sacrosanct. Guess what? If you're in China, you're going to get arrested hanging around with the Bible. In China more so, in Russia less so, but in both countries, they are not open-minded They're not democratic republics, particularly like Alaska. So keep that in mind when I talk about this story. President Vladimir Putin of Russia said this morning that Moscow understood that China had questions and concerns about the war in Ukraine. It's cryptic, but it's notable. It's an admission from Mr. Putin that Beijing may not fully support and approve Russia invading Ukraine. And remember what happened. Less than a year ago, the Russian neighbor, many family members in Russia have Ukrainian cousins, maybe brothers and sisters, but probably second cousins. They are connected. It's like South and North Dakota. It's like Washington and Oregon. It's like Texas and Oklahoma. It's Jersey and New York City. They're connected. And so when you go after them, it's kind of like our civil war in the early 1860s. It's not good. And even Xi Jinping in China raised an eyebrow at why Putin would do this. And Putin is failing. Now we see that the Ukrainians, speaking of Ukraine and Russia, Ukraine, we reported on this yesterday, has taken back a significant amount of its land from Russia, thanks in part to European 
U.S., Canadian, Australian. Obviously, when I say European, I mean German, British, British in particular, weaponry support. We're giving Ukraine weapons that knock Russian fighter jets out of the sky. And so Ukraine has great momentum, great support. And so Xi Jinping, this is momentous that Vladimir Putin is meeting with Xi Jinping. And what happens? He says, yeah, I don't know if we're totally on board. We're not a warring nation. We can threaten it, but we're just a kind of a totalitarian, autocratic. Uh, we, we want communism to thrive throughout the world. And we want people to be worker bees, to be ants. And that's what China's all about. China has staked out a neutral position, by the way, on the invasion publicly. Even as it, New York Times reports has echoed the Kremlin's rhetoric about Russia being treated unfairly by the West. Give me a break. Are you Russian and in Alaska? You get it. You, you, you must understand. I'm calling all the Russians out there in Alaska. You know that your country is awful. I hope you, you are agreeing. You're shaking your head. Your corrupt government and Vladimir Putin, he's a killer. And what he's done, anybody that runs against him of substance is poisoned. Any business that challenges him or doesn't pay tribute to him. Remember, Vladimir Putin, keep this in mind, he worked in the KGB. He led the East German office. He rose up the ranks in their governmental structure. Well, do you think he's wealthy? You would assume the answer is no. I mean, he's a bureaucrat, right? Just like if any of us worked in government here in Alaska, we make what, 50,000, maybe a hundred thousand, but I mean, you're not wealthy. Did you know Vladimir Putin is worth more than 50? Get ready. Billion dollars. He has just stole and siphoned money. He has multiple huge estates and yachts and jets. And I don't mean government owned. I mean, he owns them. Well, how would he get that as a bureaucrat? as a low-level to mid-level to presidential bureaucrat in Russia, become a $50 billion oligarch. He did that by theft. He's unethical. Xi Jinping and Vladimir Putin have both changed, like we have a constitution where we say you can only, if you're a president, I'll give you the quick civics test. I know there's a couple youngsters in the studio right now. How many years is one term of a president in America? Four. How many terms can a president serve? Two. Two times four is eight years. I'm passing so far. Yeah. Well, guess what? Obama, Clinton, George Bush, the younger. I mean, they serve two terms. Well, guess what? Putin in Russia and Xi Jinping in China. They're like, oh, we're going to get rid of that. And Tom, you and I reported on that a while back. They've both erased that in their respective countries. And now they can serve forever if they want. I mean, the corruption just reeks there. But the news I'm reporting, first segment this morning, happy Thursday, Tom Anderson, show KVNT, is that the summit is meant to signal the strength between China and Russia, that they have a good relationship, and the two authoritarian leaders, uh, even despite animosity from the West, are together. And that's what they are doing as they carefully steer clear of offering any endorsement of Russian policies, but meet and sidle up together. And, oh boy. So I just wanted you to know that's happening. And 
you know, Chinese foreign policy is one that wants really nobody to intervene with their expansionism, and that includes Russia. So just keep this in mind. I'm not a fan, can you tell, of either country, and we should be cautionary. And have you heard the term caveat emptor, buyer beware? All nations should have a caveat emptor, particularly with China. Stay with us, my friends. Happy Thursday. First segment down, seven to go. Good morning. Tom Anderson Show. All the things I'm missing, good fiddles, love, and kissing are waiting at the end of my ride. Move them on, hit them up, hit them up, move them on, move them on, hit them up, raw hide. Cut them out, ride them in, ride them in, cut them out, cut them out, ride them in, raw This is the Tom Anderson Show, broadcasting live from the KVNT studios, 7 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday. We're back, Tom Anderson Show. Good morning. From the American Patriots Daily Almanac, Bill Bennett and John Cribb report September 15th, the title, The Inchon Landing. Now, I travel across the world. I enjoy traveling for business and for recreation and my favorite airport to date, I have not been to Singapore's and I have not been to Dubai's. You know, I've not been to the United Arab Emirates. Those are both remarkable. Uh, there, there are a few in the U of A, uh, U, uh, UAA that, that are remarkable. Let me just tell you that. But Enshan in South Korea is really, really cool. I mean, they have a huge, almost shopping mall looking airport where you walk and it's like the Fifth Avenue Mall, but even nicer if you've been to Fifth Avenue Mall in Anchorage. It's higher class than like a Diamond Center or Ducatnu and, and Ducatnu is not a mall, but, but you, you walk through it and, you know, they have pianists and entertainers. They have a hotel right in the middle of it. So if you're like, man, I got an eight hour wait, they have a movie theater. They have just so many cool things in John and in is right outside of Seoul, Korea. If you've never been to Seoul, Korea, of course, Seoul, Korea, South Korea is south of North Korea. Well, especially younger people, they forget that in between World War II and the Vietnam War and then the Persian War and all the things we've done in the Middle East, there was a several-year war called the Korean War. And Bennett and Cribb talk about today's importance, September 15th. And they talk about how General MacArthur really made a difference. And I wasn't always a fan of his. If you look at history, in this case, though, I was. In June 1950, when North Korean troops, Russian, remember, communists, we just talked about Xi Jinping and, and Vladimir Putin, back in the day after World War II, why do you think we fought in Vietnam and Korea? Because the damn Russians came in and tried to saturate these governments and their dictators uh, and, and persuade them to become communist nations. Communism is not good for its people. It's only good for the leadership. And even them, sometimes it doesn't work out. So back in June 1950, when North Korean troops poured over the 38th parallel and swept across South Korea, they came down from North Korea. Our president at the time, this was, remember, 
Franklin Delano Roosevelt, FDR was president, then he died. And he was the one that actually served, we just talked about terms. He served four terms as president, and then we changed that and kept it at two thereafter. Harry Truman was the president. He realized that the United States had to stop the, the naked aggression, no matter what, of, of what Russia was doing, and in this case, with North Korea. If left unchecked, Truman argued the communists would soon challenge Western defenses all over the place, Asia, Europe, in Latin America, you know, South America and Central America. Truman turned to General Douglas MacArthur, of course, the famed general from World War II, who just five years earlier had stood right there on the deck of the USS Missouri in Tokyo Bay, and he accepted the Japanese surrender. Remember, the emperor said, we surrender, and MacArthur greeted him respectfully. Well, that was when MacArthur was 65. Now he's 70 years old. And General MacArthur, he comes up with a plan. He says, okay, President Truman, I know this is audacious. I know this is, you're probably going to laugh at me, Mr. President. But I propose a seaborne invasion behind the red lines, behind the communist lines at a place called Incheon. Fast forward, now we got the nice community, the beautiful airport for South Korea. Back then, it was a port on the northwest coast of South Korea. It's 25 miles from the capital, Seoul, and it's extremely hostile geographically. MacArthur said, well, actually, one of his military aides wrote about this and said, we drew up every conceivable natural and geographic handicap. In other words, if if we had American soldiers land, because what happened was North Koreans took over Seoul, which is South Korea, back in 1950. So if we come through Enjon, it's going to be very treacherous. And we tried to figure out a way to get around hazards, like 30-foot tides, like dangerous currents, like off the coast of Mexico, where you, you swim and you get swept away where a harbor is surrounded by seawalls, so you're screwed trying to get through there. MacArthur's Navy chief could muster no better endorsement of the plan than boss, General MacArthur, President Truman. It's impossible. We're never going to be able to land our soldiers there into Enchon to then obviously go into Seoul 25 miles away. MacArthur kept his own counsel, typical, he, if you have ever seen a photo of him, he puffed on his trademark corn cob pipe. You know what pipes are. Most guys don't smoke them anymore, but cigars and pipes were a big thing back then. So General MacArthur, he moved forward. He gathered 261 U.S. vessels, U.S. ships. And you're thinking, okay, you mentioned June, Anderson. Why are you bringing up September 15th? I'll tell you why. September 15th, today, 1950, 72 years ago. The Marines stormed ashore at Enchon. They did it. For breathtaking boldness, the assault ranked alongside Washington, our first presidents. Remember the famous Delaware crossing? Or remember Ulysses S. Grant? Civil War? That He was on the north. He was on our side. He became president later. Remember how he moved into Shiloh? That was a bloody war, but he won. Well, the invasion by MacArthur obviously caught the North Koreans off guard. They were like, what the hell? Who in God's name would come through Enchon? You know, that's crazy. 
They had never considered Enchon invulnerable because they thought no moron would come through there. Well, guess what? Good old American pride, red, white, and blue, and under MacArthur, we went through Enchon and that treacherous waterway. American troops pushed inland, and within 11 days, they not only went through Enchon, that was easy. It wasn't protected well. They got all the way that 25 miles to Seoul, and the South Korea president, Sung Man Ri, teary-eyed, accepted the return of his liberated capital. He cried. He says, we love you, General MacArthur. You're literally the savior of our race. We've pushed, you've pushed the communists out of Seoul, Korea. So the next time you hear or read about Seoul, Korea, that's South Korea. And remember, there's that line. And the North Korean, uh, uh, Kim Jong-un is the nutcase in North Korea uh, that, you know, the term saber rattles, saber rattling and saying, hey, we're communists. We could invade South Korea again. Well, the United States gives them the middle finger and says not on our watch. That's not going to happen. And Seoul, Korea now has massive army. But it all started 1950. By the way, three years after we tried to fight North Korea. And they were funded by, just like we're funding Ukraine, they were, of course, helped and funded by by Russia. And that daring landing, you know, it saved millions of Koreans from a totalitarian regime, but we ultimately didn't really win the Korean War. Just like later, 20 years later in Vietnam, we didn't win the Vietnam War. When you read about these things, some even regret we went to either, but I don't, particularly Korea. How could you regret that we helped, you know, because some protested the Korean War and said, oh, why are you sending our soldiers there? Well, I just told you why. That's why. Because Seoul, Korea wouldn't be Southern Seoul, Korea. It would be one big fat North Korea. And we don't want that ever. Seoul, Korea, just like Tokyo, Japan, just like Manila, Philippines, these are democratic states, huge. By the way, Japan's the biggest economy there other than China that, that thrive. And we purchase lots of things from Korea. And you, you know this already. I assume you know this. So by the way, any of you, God save the queen, now the king. I hope to goodness, everybody listening, everybody in the studio, everybody across the Fruited Plains have an iPhone. <laughs> I'm a total Apple lover. But some of you, dare I say, bite my bottom lip, have a Samsung. Guess who makes Samsung? South Korea. So you can thank General MacArthur <laughs> for your Samsung. By the way, Samsung, let me look up Samsung. For any of you invest in Stock market, Samsung, their stock is super expensive. I was looking the other day and let me see here. How much is it? I wish I could find. It says Samsung is the Korean won. It's 56,000. But what is it in American in U.S. dollars? Hold on here. U.S. dollars, Samsung. Well, that's a thousand bucks. I guess it's not that much. I thought it was more. You might want to consider investing in that. 28 minutes after the hour, that's your story about South Korea and Sean. Now you know a little bit more. As Paul Harvey used to say, now you know the rest of the story. When we come back, I want to talk about 
a tennis player, and this tennis player has a phenomenal record, a phenomenal record of wins, a phenomenal record of grand slams, ATP single titles, so much, so far, so wide. Unbelievable what this player has done. And I know what you're thinking. You're going to say, oh, Serena Williams. Yeah, she just retired. No, it's another tennis player who just announced his retirement. I'll tell you who he is when we get back. Stay with us. Happy Thursday. Good morning. Tom Anderson Show. This is the Tom Anderson Show, broadcasting live from the KVNT studios, 7 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday. Hey, we're back. Good morning, everybody. Tom Anderson Show. We were just talking about Korea, and then I segued into the retirement of someone someone who really, I think, is, if not the greatest male tennis player, Roger Federer, the, the Swiss, who's from Switzerland, player. Very thoughtful guy. He is retiring, and we're going to get to Gary in just one moment, but I wanted to remind people about Roger. And he's really perceived as like one of the nicest tennis players ever. He dominated men's tennis for like two decades. And this is what he said. He said, I'm 41 years old. I've been playing matches now to the tune of over 1,500 for 24 years since I was 17 in high school. And he, he said this in a, in a Twitter post. He said, tennis has treated me generously more than I would ever dream, but with injuries and everything, my body, you know, I'm just, I'm done. He says, I, I don't know if I can win again and it doesn't feel good. He's won 20 Grand Slam single titles. And he said his next appearance, next week's Laver Cup in London is it. He said, I may still play here and there. And he said, of course, I'm going to, you know, take sponsorships and things. But 103 ATP single titles and 20 Grand Slams. Very impressive. He he retires on the tail of Serena Williams retiring as well. Two of the very greats, if not the greatest, respectively, in their their particular tennis for men's and women's tennis. So Roger Federer, uh, Guten Tag. Uh, he, he's speaks Deutsch. He's from Switzerland and I'm a huge fan of his. I'm a huge fan of Gary's in Muldoon East Anchorage as well. Good morning, Gary. Welcome to the program. What's on your mind? Well, you're always so happy Thursday or whatever. I'm going, <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. Gee. Yeah. What? Well, anyway, I, I, I watch a lot of tennis and Nandal's another great one. You bet. Remember, yeah, Nandal's just almost the same category as Federer and uh, he'll probably be retired pretty soon too and then there was a guy years ago reminding me of you uh, McEnroe yeah oh John McEnroe <laughs> oh, no. he has my personality totally man I get what so mad um, and then I get so happy oh, oh it was just something else but anyway I called you were talking about corruption yes Russia's horrific China's right along there but we're, we got a corrupt government too. I just wanted to put that in there. I mean, there's corruption 
the money that a lot of them make down there, you go like, okay, how do they make that much money in just so many few few years? All the billions and billions of them are legislators to bring it in. But Gary, you're talk- I have to qualify what you're saying for the public listening. You don't mean Vladimir Putin at $50 billion. Your point is that's obvious corruption. Your point is there are U.S. senators and congressional members and governors across the nation that come in as a bureaucrat, as a small business owner, and leave as a multimillionaire with, for instance, land investment that an oh, entrepreneur multi- gave yeah, multi- them an insight to. Yeah, you're right. Yep, multi, multi, and it's just, I mean, what, a few years ago, the one congressman or somebody had an airport built, especially just for him in his city. I mean, it goes on, and, and we just let everything happen. And it's just like, uh, here I'm going around a little bit, but like the nine, or nine million on this golden lion, and just sits a vacant, and it's just like, I just, that's why I said the other day, I was listening to some people in Anchorage that down by Beans Cafe, they, a lot of people left down there with their businesses. They got tired of all the crap that was going on down there. So there's land available for a building. You can't tell me you can't build a $4 million building. It doesn't have to be a Taj Mahal like the school district does. But no wonder the school district doesn't have any money with those Taj Mahals. Sure. But you can build a four, three to $4 million huge building, if, you know, some restrooms in it. Room in there to put cots and a little place to feed them, and then maybe a couple uh, uh, offices, bigger offices for uh, rehabilitation of some stuff and something like that. But nine million to the assembly and stuff, it seems like they think nine million is just tiddly weeks. That's a lot of money. And I hope, I'm just wondering if somebody could sue them for uh, having to sit there and just being vacant. What a place to buy a place anyway for homeless and everything right there the biggest intersection in the in alaska no i know and i know you've had your idea gary has called in before and said i'm not saying be inhumane or treat them harmfully and it may be harmful just in fact what you're recommending but gary has said go to the illusions or go to some place where there is food there is shelter and and let them live their lives there but well, not their life, but you have a certain month. They got six to eight months to shape up. I mean, really shape up. They got to pass a certain thing. If they don't, they stay. And when they go back, if they're Alaska natives, they go back to their villages where they're from. And they, they the villages say, oh, we could kick them out and show them the acreage. But we don't need that problem. But if they're from some other places, lower 48 or whatever, a one-way ticket or something, but this morning, I, I went down here to get some sugar-free drinks. I couldn't walk with the crap. Oh, but delicious. they're all over the park benches, uh, the bus stops, and people want to go to the bus stops and be able to sit in their bench or inside their little thing because it's raining in the little building thing. And uh, they pretty much can because they're all, the homeless are all sitting there with their packs and their crap and and whatever. So anyway, I didn't want to go on and on and on, but, no, but the you make a good thing, point. I, you make a good point about the dimensions of how far this goes. That that even in the public's eye, even at a holiday, even at a restaurant, even at a gas station, even at a at a bus's park bench, 
uh, yeah. the, the Centennial Park residents are filtrating out. They're like, we're not just going to stay here in a campground. We're going to mosey our way on the frontage road. We're going to go on to Muldoon. We're going to hang out, beg, steal, borrow, panhandle, be near Gary's yep. house, the guy who protested and others. And then we'll head back to Centennial Park for, for our domicile over the evening. And your point is that's not helping East Anchorage. That That's exacerbating the problem. So. No, and they and they just put in that new park up there, you know, and, and the bar right across from the bar. They did yep. the bar in Baldoon, and yep. it'll be just they'll have gardens in there, sure. Right? They won't last very long. That, that was Van Lyser's Alaska, that, that right, the greenhouses, and now they're gone, and yep. now that's going to be the next place. Yeah, but right, right between that and the uh, community center there. There's a woods, a little strip of woods that go up through there, and they're back in there. You can see them all the time back in there. They're, you just wait. They're going to destroy the playground equipment there and their gardens. It's going to happen, and I don't. I hate to be so negative, but I've worked with Parks and Rec for years, and I saw all the destruction everywhere. Downtown used to have hedges around buildings and everything. Well, they had to cut all the hedges out and, and cut all the trees out, you know, most a lot of the trees just to open it up and because they go in the hedges they camp right in there with a sleep bag and leave all their beer cans and everything they used well, to be let in me the ask park this, Gary, i did not know i know you were coast guard but i didn't know you worked for parks and rec of anchorage for years oh Real quite quick. a few years well let me ask this question before we bounce because we, we have to go to break in a minute okay and a half. but let me ask this where is the nicest area still today or maybe what was the nicest area and where is it now not that you drove around and you investigate all of the municipality but i mean and i'm not counting Eagle river or talkie or uh, i would probably river. say jewel lake area maybe okay yeah the east side was pretty dumpy you get over on the other side or not or the i mean over towards Anchorage, the south yeah, bay shore it's uh, it's better there as far as not having as much vandalism you get on the other side of 15th all three there they had it was when i was here they had anywhere there was a little place they'd be leaving all their crap and it was terrible i used to clean some of it up and i get furious and uh, on the bike path, I, I, I found two huge fires, and nobody else would go back in the woods when they still spoke. Well, I went back in there, and they got copies of what I found, you know, the fires at the community work service. Fred, Fred used to run that for years, and he uh, came out and took pictures because I, I walked back in there because his other person with me that day didn't want to. Uh, was scared to death to go in there. I said, I'm going in there. I got a radio and it was a pretty damn big fire. And it was four feet down into the ground. Those are the kinds that keep going. But they got, I didn't get any recognition except from Fred. And I should have got something for that. People sure. well, no, of today. course that you discovered it and you had the courage to go in there. But, but I would say, I would add to what you said. I was asking Gary, who worked at Parks and Rec in Anchorage, about the best places back in the day or even now. I think downtown, I don't mean with the homeless. I'm talking about visually, aesthetically. They've cleaned that up. And I think Mike Robbins and team with the Anchorage Community Development Authority has done a great job. And then I, not under Halcro, under, under Robbins. And then I also think that South Anchorage, because of the problem. In, in, well, you know, real quick, another place was, you know, that overlook down in downtown where you turn around the bend there? Yep. 
Yeah. It's, yeah, that's they, another they area too. Down, Gary, we got to cut you loose. Okay, this is okay, good okay, memory we'll lane, though, man. I appreciate your service in that. We're going to go to a break. Gary, thanks for the call. Good points. We're going to come back one segment, one hour ahead. Tom Anderson Show. Trust me if somebody ripped out of the depths of your imagination appears Will Smith. Black suit to black shades to black shoes. Black tie with the black attitude. New style black ray bands. I'm stunning, man. New hotness. Pitch black 600, man. This is the Tom Anderson Show, broadcasting live from the KVNT studios, 7 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday. We are back. Good morning, everybody. Tom Anderson Show. Happy to have you with us. That's fun that Gary made fun of me. He says, you're so happy, especially on Thursday. I said, well, yeah. I don't want to be like, hey, everybody, the Tom Anderson Show, what a miserable day. Many of you have aches and pains. Here's a gun. Put it in your mouth. Blow your brains out. I don't want to start the show like that, <laughs> right? I want to be happy. Morning shows are to make you happy. Tickle, tickle. You know, hand between your armpit, fart, fart. I mean, that's how it works, baby. I want you to listen to cool music. DJ Tom Steigelman cranks up rap and other songs. Rap? So you, I don't play yeah, rap. Yeah, so that people speak. Although, and although I would take I would take rap over country music, though. I know you would. Yeah. <laughs> Tom wants you to speed because he gets a kickback from cops. Yeah, that's way, exactly you know, what it parts. is. Yeah, that's that's how I afford everything that I have. Like my that's right. Yeah, like the used the used DVDs that I buy so I can watch <laughs> The Hobbit. Yeah. <laughs> Secondhand boxer shorts. Yeah. His crew's like gross. That's nasty. Okay, so Tom, I just sent you a clip, and you can you can just speak on air if you want to tell me if you. Uh, oh boy, look at that! I'm getting tired of this. You know what? I I don't know if it's going to work because the video says it's Tucker Carlson from Fox News from his show last night talking with an Arizona gubernatorial candidate. By the way, who's quite pretty. The article itself talks about lawmakers in Massachusetts tasked with caring for dozens of migrants yesterday as Florida's Governor Ron DeSantis sent two planes full of migrants to Martha's Vineyard, a ritzy island located in Dukes County. On Wednesday, Democratic lawmakers voiced their criticism and they were ticked off. They said, what the hell is Governor DeSantis doing sending all these migrants to Martha's Vineyard? Uh, they had to quickly get shelter, food, blankets, necessities for like 50 migrants. I actually feel sorry for the migrants that you would humiliate so them like that. I really do. I think that it wasn't cool to use them as an optic for the media. You know, they're coming to our country. They're scared. They don't have anything. And then you use them as a ploy for a soundbite and for some uh, spectacle in the media. Don't you feel sorry for them? And they're getting off the plane. What do we do? We're not sure what to do. There's kind of a, you know, making fun of them and making fun of Martha's Vineyard and the Ritzy having to work with the migrants. I don't like that personally. If that was me, I wouldn't be really happy. But. It is what it is. But the clip itself is Arizona Governor Carrie Lake talking to Tucker Carlson. And I think it's important to get her perspective. And like I say, she she happens to be an attractive gubernatorial candidate. So let's go to that clip. I sure appreciate uh, your coming on. So you've made, I think, the the clearest 
leaving aside whatever anyone thinks about the last election, you made the clearest defense of free speech that I have seen this year. Yeah, it's pretty simple. We go back to this old document called the U.S. Constitution. And I spent 30 years, Tucker, as a journalist. So the uh, First Amendment is pretty darn important. And they seem to be taking that away from us right now. But you've described basically the left's hypocrisy. And you've described that old saying, when they've lost the debate, they resort to slander. And that's what we're seeing right now. Well, exactly. Because I, I, I mean, I'm not in Arizona, but it's sort of been following your campaign And I think you have really provocative and, in my view, true things to say about, for example, immigration. But those aren't covered because you're a big lie adherent. Do you believe the media (laughs) uses that slur to make certain people won't hear what you're saying about the issues? Oh, for sure. I mean, if if they aren't bad mouthing me and running hit pieces on me, then they will have to talk about the issues. And when you look at our policies, our America first, Arizona first policies, once they start covering that, it's game over. We win in a landslide and then they're stuck with me for eight years. And I think I'm a nightmare for the liberal media in Arizona. So your opponent, and this may have changed by airtime tonight, but last I checked, your opponent was refusing to debate you citing NBC News and CNN saying she's crazy. Can she get away with that? Well, she seems to be getting away with it. I mean, she's getting raked over the coals, even by the mainstream media. But it tells you how little her staff and and her supporters think about her. They would rather her get just trashed right now in the media then show up for a debate because they know that she has no policy to stand on. She's got a terrible back. I mean, if you look back at when she was a legislator, she voted against a border wall. She voted against a virtual border wall. She voted voted against funding border security. But yet she did write legislation to make sure we start teaching sex education in kindergarten. Her priority, Lake, I tell you, she's got the voice. She's got obviously the look. She's got the demeanor. I think she would be a great governor in Arizona and a good Republican member of the GOP. So I'm going to follow her. And you know what? I'm in the game. I have an ad agency in our niche is political campaigns. And I've heard Carrie Lake, the name, but I haven't followed her. I'm going to look at her website and check her out. Very cool. Maybe we'll get her on the show. We're going to go to your calls as well this morning. Taking your calls out here in the Valley, Woodcarver Mike from Matt Sue. Good morning, Mike. What's on your mind? Happy Thursday. Oh, I don't know. You pick at my nerves every once in a while. Yes, sir. So, so I thought maybe later this afternoon I'd move all my stuff over to your house and move in. <laughs> you mean like DeSantis and Martha's Vineyard? Do you agree well, with me? I know you're a humanitarian, Mike. Mike, let me just ask before we get into your thoughts. Do you agree with me that that was a little bit... Uh, humiliating for the migrants. DeSantis knew what he was doing. And so then I'll the migrants. I'll give you a few degrees on that point, yes. Yeah. But he also sent them to the sanctuary cities and areas that have been advertised for several years in this country by the people who want the sanctuary. Yep. Yeah, I do. I feel bad. They're, they're nervous. They're new people, but they also snuck in here. Yep. Agreed. So just because you don't have a bar on your window, but you have a screen because you want some airflow in your house, am I entitled to go in and sit down through the window? Nope. And that's exactly what they did. No, you're right. So the sympathy only goes so far. Uh, Martha's Vineyard, of course, the reaction was, what the hell? 
who are those people? But then they reacted and got them blankets and food. And who knows what happens as they filtrate into the United States. Now, we've got a mess on our hands, and I think it's better than worse, the symbolism of what DeSantis did. And I think it's going to make America and certainly the elitist left uh, uh, pay attention. Hopefully it does. Well, it's okay if they're flooding in everywhere else. But when they go into their areas, yeah, that's the problem. I mean, Nancy Pelosi has a 10-foot stone wall around her property. And a mile each way down the road, there's drug needles, feces on the sidewalk. Yeah, it's, it's a bad. disaster area. It's real bad. And what does she do? Has she lifted a finger? Kamala Harris yesterday was telling us how secure the border is. Yet, Border Patrol says that they've had 5 million detained. In two years since Smoking Joe has been in office, we're in trouble. Well, let me tell you this. I think that you're going to see a big change coming in public perception. I read in an article, and it was in a, I think it was Daybreak from Salem Radio Network, and the the article took from Wall Street Journal that Latino voters are among the fastest growing groups in the electorate. And I don't mean illegal immigrants. I mean just Latino, Hispanic Americans that are here fair and square legally. They account for like 16 million voters, I think it said, back in 2020. And guess what? Mike, they're losing confidence in the Democrats. And Latino voters, I remember it said who backed, you know, I mean, they only backed Biden by like 60%. Trump was 40. And now that's changing. So like if a DeSantis runs, you're looking at probably Latino voters that are legitimately here that are citizens that can vote, probably supporting him over like a Pete Buttigieg or a Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, Buttigieg, the secretary of transportation. So I think that that voting block, Mike, again, the folks legally here, are going to go vote Republican, military, faith-based. I do. I think times are changing. Well, I hope you're right. Yeah, me too. You hear the music. Thanks, my friend. Enjoy your Thursday. Always a pleasure. Woodcarver Mike, thanks for your service, sir. We're going to go to a break. He was the last one. Now we have a whole another hour ahead after the news. Stay with us. Good morning. Happy Thursday. Tom Anderson Show. This is the Tom Anderson Show, broadcasting live from the KVNT studios in South Central Alaska, USA, live and local 7 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on KVNT 1020 a.m. and 92.5 FM, your best source for morning news, traffic, and weather, streaming live online at TomAndersonShow.com. Phone lines are open. Dial 907-357-5868. That's 357-5868. Politics and news from a guy who's made it happen. Your morning drive just got a whole lot better. Good morning, America. Here's Tom Anderson.
Well, good morning, everybody. Happy second hour of the program. It's Thursday, September 15th. We're live and local right here on KVNT. Remember, you have ways to listen to us, 1020 AM. That's right, the AM dial, 1020. On FM, 92.5. Online, TomAndersonShow.com. It brings you to the KVNT website. On Facebook, Tom Anderson Show Facebook page, KVNT website and Facebook page. And then you've got, of course, the YouTube channel. And we haven't made a video in a couple of weeks, but we, any big gun, I don't care if it's the Gov or any of our U.S. Senate delegation, broader political candidates like a Peltola or a Palin, we have interviewed U.S. Senator Ted Cruz and, and, you know, Dan Crenshaw, the Navy SEAL and congressman from Texas, both from Texas. You name it. We have interviewed so many folks, Dan Bongino, uh, uh, you know, what's his name? Um, the fellow that's now on Sebastian Gorka that's now on, on Salem Radio Network nationally. YouTube is pretty cool, pretty fancy schmancy. So those are the ways to connect with us. This hour brought to you by Pip Alaska. Mike Vanya is the sales manager at Pip Alaska PIP, downtown Anchorage. If you have a printing need, Let's say you want to, actually, Tom Steichelman has an SUV with a vehicular app, KFC, PIP did that. Maybe you're a political candidate or you're a real estate agent. You're selling a house. You want to vote. You can get those plastic Corex signs with either the wire or the, the stake, the wooden stake that you, you know, you pound with a hammer into or push in to a yard if it's the metal one. The wires, they can handle all that, and they can print those signs, the big ones, the four-foot-by-eight-foot signs you see out in the roadway on the highways. They do those. They even do, like, billboards, and then they do mailers. And I know you might say, curse them. They do mailers. We throw those out when we go to the mail and collect all these political mailers, but they do them. If you're a candidate, you're thanking them. You're not mad at them because you want to get your message out. So that's what we do. And that's how we roll at pipalaska.com. And then one last thing, if you're at a trade show, let's say you're like, hey, I'm going to do something at the Egan Center, at the Denina Center here in Alaska. Or let's say you're with, let's say you're CBI Media. You're the team at CBI Media and you're going to like a Christian broadcasting conference in Nashville. And Tom Steigman says, screw it. Let's have a booth there team colleagues so they say well how do we do that boss and he says i go to pip and i'm going to get them to design the backdrop right i'm going to get them to design the 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 swag and all the crap on the table and the things that crap i shouldn't say crap and and the and the things that you Yeah, we're talking about my booth man come on (laughs) that's right You know, that's where it's exciting. People are going to hang out there. They're like, hi, Mr. Steigerman. Are you from Alaska? He's like, yeah. And they're like, can we grab one of these uh, floaty things that if my key chain falls out of my pocket because I'm drunk on a river in Arizona, it won't sink? And you're like, go ahead, my my child, my sheep. I'm a shepherd. And they're like, thanks, you're Christian, right? Yeah, because those are the people that go to a Christian broadcasting (laughs) conference. That's exactly right. That's That's what we always do down there in Nashville. Imagine Tom's like, Hey, we have a CBI media, um, a bottle opener for your brewskis. They're like, Hey, thanks. God bless you. You're like walking the spirit of Christ. They're like, thank you, sir. Thank you. Kimosabi. No, that's cool. That that's where trade associations are fun. And you could, you could just, you know, you could have any of that swag they call it. And that's what PIP, what PIP Alaska does. 
So there you have it. Okay, I'm looking at the ADN, the Anchorage Daily News, ADN.com, and this is just so interesting to me. The report now is that Anchorage Mayor Dave Bronson yesterday said he's switching the roles of three of his top executives, and I it's just hard to keep up. So Bronson's chief of staff, Alexis Johnson, will become the city's new homeless coordinator in the Department of Health. The city's director of economic and community development, Adam Trombley, will segue over to Johnson's role as the chief of staff. Lance Wilbur, who's awesome, by the way, who's the director of public works, will take over Trombley's position as the Office of Economic and Community Development. Furthermore, in downtown Anchorage, Tom Steigman will take over the juggling position. Tom Anderson will be a hot dog vendor. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Wilbur will oversee the public works and building services departments, according to the mayor's office. Changes are immediate. I know none of you are going to remember all of that. But Alexis Johnson, who was the chief, is going to be dealing with homeless. And Trombley, who dealt with business, is going to be the chief. And then Lance Wilbur moves from public works to economic development. Wilbur is an all-star. Lance Wilbur, I met many, many, many years ago when I was on the Zoning Board of Examiners and Appeals before I was a state lawmaker. And I was like the youngest at the time for, for the males in the legislature. And it was fun times. And I and I enjoyed dealing with guys like Lance, who's about my age. And we just rock and rolled in our respective positions. And good to see that Lance is still there. I talked about that yesterday. When you see a pilot in his, you know, early 50s or mid 50s or 60, uh, and Tom and I are about the same age, we're not that old, but, but I mean, you, you, you know, if you see an accountant, if you meet with a surgeon and they're that age, I mentioned this yesterday, male or female, you, you obviously feel good about that. And you're like, okay, this, this, this gal has been in the biz for a long time and knows what she's doing. This guy knows what he's doing. And so in Lance Wilbur's case, I just, I give the mayor credit there because Lance has been been doing it for 20 something years and he knows his his you know curse word he knows his crap so as bronson's chief of staff johnson helped in leading and implementing several of his his key homeless related projects that's probably the reason why she transitioned over to the homeless director she you know basically helped the city's navigation center get underway and she helped move now gary may not like her for this but the shelter to east anchorage and the one that's being constructed and also the repurposing of centennial park campground as a camp so she was in charge of all that she helped with the shutdown of the arena so as chief of staff she was doing all of those things alexis johnson was so it's appropriate that she would go over and just run it and so i don't i don't fault the mayor for doing that i'm sure some of the assembly will get mad by the way the assembly just rejected uh mr Bert mario bird the city attorney and I, they didn't give a reason why, but they're like, now nah, they voted him down. So we can get to that next. Hey, stay with us. 14 minutes after the hour, uh, we have Rabbi Mendy Greenberg coming in later. He's going to pitch to you to give a few bucks for what they're working on for the temple out here in the valley and a lot more news. So good morning. Happy Thursday. Tom Anderson Show. Mm-hmm.
Maybe I'm foolish, maybe I'm blind Thinking I can see through this and see what's behind Got no way to prove it, so maybe I'm lying But I'm only human after all I'm only human after all Don't put your blame on me Don't put your blame on me This is the Tom Anderson Show, broadcasting live from the KVNT studios, 7 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday. Veto, that's what happened. Governor Mike Dunleavy vetoes Alaska tax on vaping and increase to minimum tobacco purchase age. Welcome back, Tom Anderson Show. Sean McGuire reporting from ADN.com. Alaska's Governor Mike Dunleavy vetoed legislation last week that would have imposed a statewide tax on e-cigarettes. I don't mean dope, smoking marijuana. I'm talking about vaping. Like, oh, give me some, you know, some uh, fruity vaping oil and I'm going to put that in and then vape and then the cloud comes out and it smells nice or not and it's supposed to be good for your lungs or not. I don't know. But he said, I'm going to veto that tax. And he brought the state's minimum age to buy tobacco into compliance with federal law. So now you have to be 21 years old to buy tobacco. For many, many years, it was 19. For decades, it's been 19 to buy cigarettes. And it was kind of confusing to vendors, right? I mean, when you break out what you can do and what you can't do, think about it. You can join the military at 18. You can vote at 18. You want to go to a strip club and see some uh, jugglies? No, 21. Do you want to go to drink a shot of Jägermeister? No, 21. You want to go gamble? You know, hey, I'm Tom Steigerman. Screw it, Kathy. I'm going to gamble, gamble, gamble. Pretty soon he has nothing. He's on the street. He's slinging crack. No, we don't want that to happen to Tom Steigelman. Wow, that accelerated in a hurry. (laughs) Yeah, really. But once you're 21, go ahead. Tom's selling his body on Fourth Avenue. It's like his staff is like, what the hell? We used to work for him. He was the manager of CBI Media. Now he just runs and hides in the in the echoes of alleys of Anchorage. That's what happens. You're making people throw up this morning. (laughs) Yeah, just the image of me out there doing that. Be careful. Be careful with drugs and alcohol, folks, and and gambling. But at 21, you can do all of that. And yet, you can't smoke until you're 19. And so it's like, wait a minute, shouldn't it be 18? Or shouldn't it be 21? I think it should be 21 for this reason. I think that recreational things of that nature, booze, Strip clubs, gambling are all in that uh, proclivity, you know, not habitual. It could be habitual, but recreational realm. Voting and protecting your nation are civic duties, or at least we hope they're a duty. We hope that youngsters, you know, pick up arms and fight for us. Tom and I would too. I mean, if someone, you know, attacks us and we all had to get together, Independence Day 3, you know what I mean? Some aliens come and Tom and I are like, holy crap. And I'm like, Tom, get your gun, please. Set down the the wings and things. Set down the my wing place. And you're like, no, but the aliens could take them. And I don't want to take them. I'm going to devour them. And then I'll fight. And that's fine. 
But that's that's what we're looking at with this new tobacco law. And for me, I think it's the right thing to, to do. I think for a lot of people that smoke, they're like, what? We can't smoke now and we're 20? They're probably going to be ticked off. State Senator Gary Stevens, a Republican from, from, from Kodiak, introduced Senate Bill 45 to dis encourage young people from smoking traditional cigarettes or e-cigarettes on the last this article says hectic day of the legislative session the bill passed with a strong bipartisan support meaning republicans and democrats both supported it it was 31 to 9 and in the senate it was 18 to 2 so remember we have 40 house members and 20 senators now the u.s food and drug administration has said that e-cigarettes are an ongoing concern with 2 million U.S. middle and high schoolers reporting having used them in the past 30 days. The FDA has not approved vaping as a method to quit smoking. See, that's one of the things that I think. I think that vaping is far better than ingesting carcinogens and smoking. I don't care if it's a cigarette, if it's to chew, if it's a you know cigar. We talked about MacArthur earlier and John with this corncob pipe. And his button, nose, and two eyes made out of coal. No, so so it's one of those scenarios that, that I think vaping does encourage people to quit smoking. I really do. And I think it's it's as much the ingestion of something, sadly, and your lungs get addicted to it, as it is holding the device. I think some, it's kind of like an alcoholic that tries to get out of drinking booze. If you can give them a near beer, you know, which is no alcohol in it, but it tastes like beer. Um, and they can hold that at a bar in a can. I mean, it might, it might soothe their anxiety of not drinking alcohol. And it's the same with cigarettes. I do think vaping helps you get away from smoking. State Senator Stevens said Governor Dunleavy had warned him that if the vaping tax rate was over 25%, the governor would veto the bill. And that's what happened. Jewel Labs, a leading national e-cigarette manufacturer, joined vaping trade groups in opposing the new statewide tax, arguing that it would basically push nicotine users to use more harmful tobacco products. A vaping trade association spokesperson celebrated Dunleavy's veto of the tax on social media. And that's my friend, I'm sure, Gregory Conley from the American Vaping Association. Anchorage Democratic Representative Andy Josephson carried the bill in the House where the 35% tax rate was successfully introduced. That's why I hope Andy Josephson's ass loses in the election to Kathy Hensley. And that's one of the reasons my ad agency is helping Kathy. I think Kathy's going to bury Andy Josephson. He's a Democrat. He's a ding dong. And he's a pro-tax type of guy. And we don't want that as a policymaker in our state legislature. I don't. Kathy Hensley's right out of the, the playbook of a patriot, a Christian conservative, someone that says, no, this isn't the right time for a tax like that. Even, even if it's a quote, sin tax. Have you heard that term? S-I-N, sin, like out of the Bible. But we, we see taxes on alcohol, on gambling, on strip clubs, on bars, on, on all sorts of things. We call it a sin tax. If you're going to sin, then we're going to tax you. Well, no, we're done with that in Alaska. Good on Mike Dunleavy for for doing this. And you know what Josephson said? He says, I'm floored. Can't believe it. He says, I think we need to override that veto as he pushes on his tape-connected glasses. Nerd alert. I think that Governor Dunleavy did the right thing. 
the veto risk, uh, there's, you know, federal funding. The State Department of Health says that starting January 1st, so in a couple months, there will be federally mandated tobacco age compliance checks. If more than 20% of local retailers in Alaska are found to be violating that federal minimum, in other words, they say, hey, you're 20 years old, screw it. I'll sell you this vaping stuff anyway, then then that's bad. And the state could lose substance abuse block grants. A lot of money comes in from the federal government and they use that hostage tied to how we commercially sell things. For the current fiscal year, if we lost that block grant, it would be about 6.4 million bucks. So I, I think that that I'm I'm a, on a mixed view on this. I am. Tom Steigerman, let me ask you, do you think that after all these years we should change vaping and, and cigarette smoking age from 19 to 21, or do you think that that's a knee-jerk reaction? You're kind of a libertarian. Do you think that's unfair for all the people that are 20, that are adults, you know, we consider an adult 18, that are right. 20, now they can't smoke? Yeah, you know, I am. I kind of fall along the lines of if they're old enough that we're going to send them into war and into conflict uh you know that yeah they should be able to smoke you know if they want to would you like to see 18 now, for now personally drinking? i am against it because i saw what it did to my mom and dad being yep. smokers all their lives and you know my mom and, died of lung cancer yeah exactly so, yeah, so on smoking. that side you know i'm totally against it and i think you know if we could just eliminate it that would be the best case scenario i know that's not practical um but uh yeah so that's i mean it's a double edged sword for me well, and then what about like a like a bar? What if someone wants to go to Chukud Charlie's or if they want to gamble? Would you say 18 is fair? Would you say no for a bar and for for a casino, for a strip club? That's where someone, a youngster age 18, maybe isn't mature enough to go. Or would you say, no, let them go too. If they can die for their country, they can go to a to a strip club. Yeah, I mean, the again, you know, the libertarian I mean, side of you, side of me would probably come out a little bit more, and but the moralist you know, would say the later, yeah, exactly, they weren't open at all. But if they are, the later age, the better, right? No, maybe maybe fair. the solution is to open those kind of clubs on bases. How about that? Oh man, <laughs> yeah, yeah, boy, J yeah. just on the military, yeah, exactly, the soldiers. Oh gosh, could you imagine that? No. <laughs> yeah, that would be that. That would cause a problem. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, 28 minutes after the hour, folks, Tom and Tom, that's Mr. Steigman and myself. We're going to be back here in a bit. I got to tell you, Rabbi Mendy Greenberg, yep, his dad's the, the, the eponymous famous rabbi in Anchorage. Mendy has opened up shop out here in the valley. He and his wife and family are here. And last year, he pitched to us support of i think it was tom wasn't it a driveway it was it was paving and helping with the the road into their temple and we'll find out what he's uh looking for now my guess is he wants support to continue to build their entire infrastructure as the jewish community you know flocks to that facility and he wants help no doubt in support from the community so rabbi mendy greenberg next up don't you leave you might say, wait, Tom's so funny this morning and talking about news. Now we're going to talk about money and pitching money. I'm out of here. Don't leave. It's one segment. And I, it would be nice to get an update and for you to hear it from Rabbi Greenberg. He's a nice guy. So stay with us. Good morning. Tom Anderson Show.
This is the Tom Anderson Show, broadcasting live from the KVNT studios, 7 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday. It's always a pleasure to have Rabbi Mendy Greenberg with us from the Jewish Center out here in Matsu, and progress is being made ever so slowly and thoughtfully and assiduously, and he's making leaps and bounds, gains and momentum with that, and I think it's important for the Jewish community and our entire community, so we have him on and we pitch to you to donate. And Rabbi Greenberg, how are you this morning, and how goes the battle to fundraise? Well, I'm doing well, thank God, and thank you so much for having me on this morning. Good morning, Tom. And, uh, well, we are actually, it's Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year, is about to come. It's in 11 days, September uh, 25th in the evening, and it's a two-day holiday. And we're actually bringing in, ushering in a new special year in the Jewish calendar. Every year is special, but this year is uniquely special, because in the Bible it talks about how we have cycles of seven. Seven is a very special number in Judaism. Sabbath is seven. There's also the seventh year is a sabbatical year, which is this current year. And the year after the sabbatical year is the Hakel year. Hakel means together. The Torah tells us that after the sabbatical year is over, on the holiday of Sukkot, just two weeks after the holiday of Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year, when we sit out in huts, for those who are familiar with this holiday, some people call it the Feast of the Tabernacle. All the Jewish people from all over the world are meant to gather men, women, and children in the Holy Temple in Jerusalem and the king of the time, the Jewish king, would read from the Torah, from the, from the five books of Moses, from the scroll. And the concept was to relive the gathering at Sinai, when God said the Ten Commandments, and all the people, the millions of Jews that were standing there, heard God and saw God face to face. And even though today their temple is already destroyed for almost 2,000 years, and not necessarily we're all in Israel and Jerusalem, but there is still an emphasis, and this is something that the Rebbe, Rabbi Schneerson, really stressed on. Use out the year to gather people together. We should gather together, inspire each other with the eternal messages of Judaism, of the Torah. Um, and what's interesting is that actually our center began seven years ago on a Hako year. So we're actually wow. coming through a whole cycle. We finished seven years, and now we're starting again this coming year, we're ushering in a Hako year. And in order to jumpstart this coming year with this whole Hakel excitement, this gathering excitement, which we are planning many extra gatherings, more than usual, especially after finally, seems like we're pretty much out of COVID. We're going to try to look for every opportunity to gather people together, to make different types of gatherings for older people, for younger people, for children, um, for different crowds with different speakers and different excitement. Um, and we are ushering in this new year with this fundraiser in order to be able to help us not only survive but to thrive and to double and triple our efforts to gather everyone together in the valley to make to offer as everyone who has familiar with our events in the past whether it's our hanukkah big celebrations or hundreds of people have always attended in the last seven years and we are planning again to do those events even bigger and better and all the other many things that we offer for the entire community in the valley for the jewish community and we are asking everybody to please help and log on to jewishmatsu.org jewishmatsu.org and every dollar you give will be matched by generous donors dollar for dollar so if you give a hundred dollars that will be translated into two hundred dollars a thousand dollars will be translated into two thousand dollars five thousand dollars will be translated into ten thousand dollars um, whatever you give it makes a difference and you could double your impact the the campaign is going on right now it's online jewishmatsu.org and you could do it till tonight at nine o'clock and even after nine o'clock you could still donate on that site 
Oh, that's awesome. And and I did yesterday, and I know others are doing it. Yesterday, I looked at your, your site, and you had three, four, five hundred $500. Now you're almost at 30000 Your goal is 72000 Folks, would you be willing to do that? JewishMatsu.org. JewishMatsu.org. Very easy to remember. JewishMatsu.org. I'll put it on the, the Tom Anderson Facebook page and I'll put it in our Buzzsprout notes. Would you do that? Would you, would you donate? All, all you're going to do is go to that website on your phone or on your computer. You'll see right on the top, donate now. JewishMatsu.org. Did you hear what the rabbi said? Yesterday I gave dough and, and it was instantly matched. And it's like, gee whiz, you know, I mean, you can give 500 bucks or maybe out there you, you say, I can't give 500, I can give 100. 100 would be nice. Try to give 100 and up. That you, all of you can do that. The dividend's coming. There's no excuses not to just give 100. And, and, then, and then someone could, will, will match that. By the way, Rabbi, who are the people matching? Mm-hmm. And maybe they want to be anonymous, but I mean, are there actual human beings saying, if Tom gives 1,000, I'll give 1,000? Are there people you know, up to a certain cap that committed yes, to that? Yes, wow. correct. There's a group of people, and I could say a b- most of their names. Um, Karen and Steve Mohoy, if wherever is from Wasilla, knows Mudbuster Car Wash. The four yeah. car washes, beautiful car washes, that's them. They're, they run Mudbuster Car Wash, and they're matching the money. We have uh, Dr. Brooklift and Nick Bramman from, uh, they, have, they have their own practice, uh, pedi- uh, pediatrician uh, practice oh, wow. here in the Palmer. Um, we have Renee and Walt Pickett uh, from Eagle River. We have, uh, we have uh, and a, quite a few other people that are, and uh, wow. Dr. Birch, and Monty Birch, and Gerilyn Birch. They have also a dentist practice here in, in Palmer. Yep. They're also matching the, the money. So, yes. And by the way, I want to say that last year uh, when we, I was on your interview, when you interviewed me, Tom gave uh, a beautiful donation and someone actually matched that donation right after. That was one of your remember listeners. I gave a thousand bucks last year and yesterday and people have matched it last year. They matched it. Wh- whoever did that. I hope you match it again, because did you hear what the rabbi said? If you give to, to the, the Jewish org, if you, if you give to them today, someone's going to match that. So if you match me, it's going to be matched both. And it just, that's, that's where it adds up. Matching is a really cool way to generate funds quickly you know someone gives a hundred someone gives 500 you all know your basic math someone gives a thousand and someone says i'm going to also give a hundred so think of that if three of you gave a thousand what does that mean the rabbi gets he gets six thousand so it's like huge and you know they're they're, i know these people are benefactors and altruistic and kind but they're not going to do it for infinity i mean they're doing it today like you said if you got to do it tonight or tomorrow fine but try to do it today jewishmatsu.org and and i'll put that again on all you got to do is go to tom anderson show facebook page we've got like 15 16 followers and and do that and so let's talk real quick about where you're at at the Matsu Jewish Center, structurally. I mean, is it, I haven't been over there. I'll have to come by and, and get a photo with you and an autograph. You can sign my shirt or my arm sure. until I take a shower. I'll, I'll you know, <laughs> preserve it for a couple of days. And, and, and if we do that, um, I mean, what would I see? Is, is, it, is it building leaps and bounds or is it slow? Yes. Well, thank God a few years ago, we purchased a beautiful building, um, almost 10,000 square feet. There's a class, there's a beautiful big priest preschool there's a sanctuary for services there's a big dining room and living room where we have many i don't know if you're familiar but many of the jewish holidays is connected with meals with beautiful yep. meals the famous yep. joe goes they try to kill us we we won let's eat 
So uh, we have. You have some of the best food on earth. So yeah, you bet I know. And I have Jewish (laughs) friends, and it's like, oh man, I love holidays. (laughs) Yep. So we had a seder, and you know, we had uh, a few years ago we had at our seder over seventy people. Um, We have Friday night dinners on a weekly basis with twenty, thirty, forty, fifty people. So the place is hustling and bustling. Uh, we have much more to grow. Last year, we bought a second property and we we, we uh, expanded our parking lot. We have now a parking lot of uh, 45 places, uh, parking spots, and we could expand a lot more. We have uh, a preschool going on, very successful. We have eight over eight children in our preschool. So a lot of things happening, a lot of things growing. We have tons of classes, adult education classes, one-on-one counseling and classes, um, and just and holiday events and women's uh, events. And just tons of stuff going on, and we're always busy. Thank God we're keeping busy, and um, a lot more to grow. Yeah, no, it's it's such a big deal. If you look at their website, and we're almost out of time here, but people get it. People get it. And you can see Karen and Steve and Monty and Geraldine and, and Tim and, and Sona and, and Walt and Renee and, and Buck uh, and, and Nick and, and others. And you've got these thank yous and, and they're doubling everything. And I like your website, by the way. You know, my ad agency designs websites and yours is very thoughtful. It's very colorful. It's very thank easy you. to understand. Donate now about the campaign. You've done everything right. I hope you continue to raise money you deserve it i know how hard you work i'm very proud of you and your wife and your family and your dad in anchorage and just and i know it's a family affair and i know you do it from deep true conviction and faith-based sentiment and so keep it up rabbi and and i hope you make money and folks again jewishmatsu.org call us 357-5868 you know the number if you want to donate through us we'll connect you and i mean you wouldn't donate literally to us but we'll connect you on how to do it and rabbi let, let's touch base later and find out how you did, okay? For sure. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it, Tom. Absolutely. Rabbi Mendy Greenberg, he is working it for the good Lord and trying to bring it home. And he, he doesn't do it for the big bucks. He does it because he cares. So that's Rabbi Mendy Greenberg right here on the Tom Anderson Show, JewishMatsu.org. You can help the Matsu Jewish Center. Why not? Makes you feel good. Giving is better than receiving, trust me. Stay with us. Good morning. Tom Anderson Show. Show broadcasting live from the KVNT studios, seven to nine a.m. Monday through Friday. And we're back. Good morning, Tom Anderson. Show I just posted on my Facebook page, JewishMatsu.org. Please donate and help them out, even if it's fifty bucks. I said you got to give a hundred. You don't. You can give twenty. But they've got those doctors and dentists and others matching, and it means a lot. And you'll help out the center get bigger and better. And just like I've donated to ABT, and just like I've donated to the Catholic Church out here, 
and I don't say that for your gratitude or anything. I'm just saying I put my money where my mouth is. So I always try to donate a little. Our, our business normally does 500 or a thousand to each every year. You know, Hey, if you make it, give it back and why not give it back to faith-based? I'm not super religious. Tom knows that, but I, I still care. I mean, I believe in God. I don't believe in all the tenets of, I'm actually probably more Jewish on the Jesus thing. I was joking with the gang in the studio, but I actually probably agree more, more with Rabbi Greenberg. So I'm headed to hell. I know ABT, but, but, but the thing is that, that the bottom line is that, that we all have different beliefs. And at the end of the day, uh, faith-based efforts that are thoughtful. I don't mean Muslims like, hey, you're a female, cover your face, you can't vote. Hey, you looked at that dude, throw her in the hole and stone her to death. I don't mean weird stuff like that. I'm talking about faith-based like, hey, love thy neighbor. Don't fiddle around with thy neighbor's wife, but love thy neighbor and try to be good and try to be sweet. Like Tom Steigerman, we were talking about how sweet he is. He's like an angel and, you know, flittery wings and cute. And look at the stardust. That's Steigerman was here. There's stardust in my room. And so, so that is where faith can really make a difference. And you're like, nah, but I don't agree with that. Jonah wasn't swallowed by a whale. I, I doubt he was. That's probably an allegory. Adam and Eve, you know, just two people on earth, probably an allegory. Whole earth flooded, geographic, geologic studies show that that never occurred. The entire earth covered by water, in my opinion, I don't want to get into Nova debates. Nova had a great video on PBS about that not happening. Was there Noah's Ark? Maybe, maybe. But some of this is allegory. Some of this is real. Do we want to fight over it? Pull out swords and do a crusade, you know, holy war? No, we can agree to disagree. The Mormons think Jesus walked around on North American soil hung out with the Indians. So, I mean, everybody, I bring that up all the time because that's what they think. Am I mad at Mormons? No, I've got good friends that are Mormons. I don't agree with their religion, but I'm not mad at them. And so the reason I go down this lane is you might say, I love Mendy Greenberg. That was a really funny, neat segment, but I'm not going to give. I don't support Jews. I'm a, I'm a Catholic. I, I, you know, I ask for forgiveness in a box where you open a window and say, bless me, Lord, for I have sinned. I, you know, did weird stuff in public, naked in the town square. And it's like, say, Hail Mary's, here's some holy water. I blessed it so it's holy. I mean, I don't buy into any of that stuff, but maybe some people do. So I'm not going to be mean. And, and, and maybe you want to donate to the Catholic Church or Anchorage Baptist Temple where I used to attend, it, you know, wherever. The, the bottom line is most people there congregating mean well. They're not douchebags. They're not scumbags. They mean well. Oh, I'm sure there are some bad people that have a dark heart that go shame on them. But most are trying to be better people. Well, it's the same with the Jewish folk. They're going to this temple and they're trying to be better people. I don't mean Rabbi Mendy Greenberg, you know, devoted his life to it. But I'm talking about all the schmucks like you and me that try to get by. Dear Lord, when the plane rattles, you know, would you like another beverage? Yeah, give me a, a give me a, I don't know, a cranberry vodka. I'll take two little bottles. Thank you. Okay, what am I going to watch on my on my video through Alaska? Oh my God, the uh, the plane is shaking violently. Dear Lord, knock knock, it's me. 
Tommy boy, hey, it's been a while. Could you please make sure the plane doesn't go? We all pray when things go bad. Suddenly we find God real quick. Go to prison and see how quick you find Jesus. You just hope Jesus stays with the prisoner after his butt leaves the prison camp or, 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 or cell. And so, man, I could go down this road all day long, and most of you get it, that some of us are people of faith, probably most. Others are not. Some of us don't know. At the end of the day, we're all on this earth getting by, but there are people like Tom Steigerman and CBI Media. There are people like, like Father, uh, Maki and, and Father, uh, in, in the Philippines that, that we, we know and help, uh, there and we donate back to the Philippines. My wife's Filipina. There are people like Rabbi Mendy Greenberg. There are people across the fruited plain. I, I don't know if Mormons need it. They seem pretty rich, but maybe they need it. If they're, what do they have? A tabernacle or I don't know. They, I know they have some secretive stuff that you can't see unless you're in Salt Lake City. So maybe we don't do, donate to that because we can't see it. But the places that you can see, uh, Jehovah's Witness, I don't know. Scientology, I don't know. I mean, on that one, I think you got to give to them to get a higher level, right? Tom Cruise, John Travolta, they're like way high up. And what L. Ron Hubbard said, hey, what we were what planted like seedlings, uh, UFO. I don't know what their shtick is, but I mean, you probably don't need to donate to Scientologists. What about Christian scientists? It's like, hey, little Billy got hurt. It's infected. Let it be. The good Lord will, will cure it. Suddenly Billy's dead. He's worm food within a week because it went septic. Do you need to donate to Christian scientists? I don't know. I guess you can. I don't know where they congregate. Do they sing? Do they, you know, do they have music? Well, what's the one? Is it the Seventh-day Adventists or the Jehovah's Witnesses that says, is that a flag? I don't recognize it. We don't like symbols. Even the Star Trek symbol you don't like? You don't do the thing with the V like, nope, we don't do it. Okay. Well, then, then I don't know if you need to donate to them because, again, is it secretive? Some of you are that. You're probably offended by what I'm saying. You chose the religion. I didn't. And so all these religions. And then there's what I grew up as. I'm going to put you to sleep real quick. I am. Here we go. Narcolepsy is going to be abound. I'm a Lutheran. <laughs> Just the name is so boring. Lutheran, Methodist. I could go down that road of the boring religions. You know, they're kind of milk toast, kind of Samsonite. You go about your business there. But I mean, I grew up Zion Lutheran Church. I was confirmed there seventh and eighth grade. I remember. And, and, you know, I donated way back when to that, that church as well. And so it's up to you. If you don't want to give to the, the, the Jewish center out here don't, but I wish you would. If you go to my talk show, Tom Anderson show Facebook page, just give 25 or 50 bucks or something, please. They're really nice folks. And I don't mean they meaning the Jewish faith. I mean, they, the, the, the Greenbergs and, and the folks that, that go to temple there. And I think that a lot of them are business people and managers and folks that employ us and that, that we purchase services from like pediatricians and dentists. And those folks aren't just sitting on a big wad of money, pile of money. They're giving it back to the, to the temple. But at the end of the day, my point of this last segment is that I think, and you're probably like, you're the last damn messenger we want. Don't lecture us, Anderson, about humanity and faith. Okay, I'm not lecturing. I'm not. What I'm saying is that there's a whole bunch of differences in people, and I don't just mean looks and weight and height and gender and ethnicity, but also faith. And most of you are not out hurting people. So you're probably like, yawn, we get it. 
I mean, we, we, we don't pick on other people's religions. In fact, constitutionally, you get sued, and it's a violation in some rules, you know, like for hire. I'm just saying, if you donate and you support, obviously, I'm not Jewish, but I donate. I'm not Catholic, but I go to Mass with my wife out here, and, uh, you know, I donate. And I'm not really even Lutheran anymore. I haven't donated to them, but, I, you know, I, I'm not a Baptist, but I've helped out Tom and I will continue to. He's my buddy. He works his ass off to raise money for the, the Christian church and movement. And you know what they do? Pretty much all day long, they donate and help people. Do you think KVT and KFC, do you think they're sitting on massive amounts of money? No, he gives it back to the community. Tom works harder than anyone I know to that end. And so donate to these folks and help out. And yeah, I know you're probably crying. <laughs> Tears are streaming down, and you're doing that sniffle where you're like, <laughs> I know, I'm moving, I'm poignant, and, and sorry, God gave me a gift. It's called passion, and I live it, I breathe it, and people like you are moved by it, and you often weep in the corner, you know, prostrate, not prostate, prostrate. You're like crying, saying, how could God make someone like Tom Anderson? Well, he did, and I'm a messenger. Tom, are you vomiting right now? What? I'm sorry, I'm waking up. Yeah. <laughs> Tom was fast asleep, and I don't yeah, mean light asleep. I mean like REM. <laughs> oh, oh goodness. That's my speech. I hope I didn't offend people. I hope people donate. Hey, guess what? Charlie Kirk is next up. His national show is awesome. I hope you have a great Thursday. It's my favorite day. Whether it's rain or shine, the sun's behind the clouds, like the next song says. Little Chico and the man. Enjoy your day. Drive safe, and God bless. If you try now, I know that you can lend a helping hand Because it's good in everyone, and a new day has begun You can see the morning sun if you try And I know things will be better, oh yes they will for Chico and